0: Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to theamaishop.com. That's the a-m-a-i shop.com for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Hi. My name is Dr. Chanel Otley-Allen, host of Caribbean Bird Stories. This is the first and only podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across the beautiful islands of the Caribbean and the diaspora. Caribbean Bird Stories has been and continues to provide a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations. Welcome to season three. Welcome to today's episode of Caribbean Birth Stories. I'm thrilled to have with me the first person from the Caribbean Island Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis. First, let me start by saying that the content of today's episode may be potentially distressing or triggering to some audiences as we discuss my guest's experience of miscarriage. Meet Jeanne Williams, an author, attorney, and social advocate. She has spent the last two decades heavily involved in professional and personal activities focused on empowering young people and women through creative arts and civic engagement. After suffering the devastating loss of her son after 26 weeks of pregnancy, she turned to writing as her emotional outlet. On November 23rd, 2021, the day that would have been her son's first birthday had he lived, she launched her self-published book, Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage, Healing Insights of Pregnancy Loss for Sufferers and the People Around Us. The book chronicles the first six months after her loss and seeks to offer helpful insight to help other pregnancy loss sufferers and the people around them to navigate the experience with more compassion and healing. Welcome, Jian.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, It's such a pleasure and I'm so so glad we have this opportunity to chat today because we've as we said off camera you know this has this topic is kind of taboo but quite prevalent in our communities.
1: Extremely yes yes It's, it's so amazing how common the the experience seems to be but yet We are so ashamed to talk about it and afraid to talk about it in some instances as well.
0: Yes, yes. So before we get to the book and your experience of loss, let's start with your journey to motherhood. It wasn't necessarily a smooth one. There were some challenges. So talk to me, talk me through that.
1: Right. So I was someone who... In my 20s, I did not want to get pregnant at all. Um, I I knew that it's something that I eventually wanted, but it's something that you sort of say, okay, four more years, three more years, five more years, not yet. I kept putting it off and decided I would focus on studies and my professional life first. And then when it came to a point where I, I felt like I was comfortable to start thinking about that, uh, I thought it would just be, you know,
0: <laughs> just Easy, peasy.
1: ready to go <laughs> and and it mm-hmm. would happen. But uh, four years passed before I had actually gotten pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it's an experience where you, you doubt yourself, you question what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly for me, because my partner has a son, uh, uh, he was he was eight years old when we met. So right. everybody's thinking like, okay, he's fine. You are the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really was difficult because you, you don't understand why it's not happening. Um, and I don't think that there was much, I I didn't know anything about what to do and options and all of that. So you just kept trying and you just kept being disappointed when, you know, the period became the sign of failure every yeah. month, mm-hmm. um, and and it really was difficult. Uh, it, it really was a difficult journey. My, mine was not smooth at all, and even, and we don't talk about the fact that some of us get very angry or mm-hmm. jealous when we see people just, you know, yeah. you 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 sneeze and you're pregnant, um, or it seems that way. So. Mm-hmm. I went through all those emotions. It really wasn't, um, an easy journey, but, um, yeah, it took four years of trying wow. before anything happened.
0: So did you seek, um, help in getting pregnant? So did you go to doctors and were you told there was a specific issue or nothing was found?
1: Um, all I was told was that I had fibroids. Um, nothing else, but everyone thought, or, or the doctors that I consulted all said that they're not in a position to cause a problem right. or affect that. So there was no explanation given, um, they just, just, they just tell you, keep trying, um, you, right. tried, you know, different medications, uh, mm-hmm. to help with ovulation and things like yeah. that. But uh, and I also uh, found out that I had PCOS as well. Right. Uh, so, which is seems again to be like the new headache because everybody seems. I don't know, I, I never used to hear about it. No, it seems like so many people have, are suffering with, 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 with that. So, um, having... PCOS having fibroids, yet everyone's saying, you know, it's possible, yes. just keep trying, mm-hmm. you keep trying and nothing is happening, mm-hmm. then you really start questioning yourself. Um, but I didn't go any further than that. Okay. Okay. And what about in
0: the climate and the culture of St. Kitts and Nevis? How did you cope with your experience of, well, at this point in time, you're thinking, you know, its infertility of some form um how did how did that your culture affect you
1: um i think it's perhaps the same in in every caribbean country um but particularly because we're so small and everybody knows you and everybody knows your your history and your potential and everybody thinks, you know, it's about time when you get in this child, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> constantly hearing that and then. You know, you're in a settled relationship as well. So it's like, what's the problem? You right. are established professionally. What's the problem? What are you waiting on? You know, yeah. and I, I used to face all those questions. And my brother has three children. Um, it's only two of us, and he has three children, and they're they're eight years apart, each <laughs> each oh year has we. <laughs> You know, he has 21 and 13 and, and five, I think, right now. So mm-hmm. I've always, it's like my brother just every eight years, just, you know, <laughs> he gets in out one. Out the The child <laughs> for the Mac. That's yeah. that everybody's question. When is it going to be your turn? And I think I just used to respond like, you know, not me. I don't want a responsibility. Ugh. Right. Mm-hmm. When, yep. you know you you yeah. you you pretend that you don't want it so that you don't have to admit that you you feel like you're failing
0: yeah like a defense so, mechanism almost yeah
1: yeah, yeah. but it, it it really is quite difficult in in a culture where everybody or so many people know you and um their expectation is that you know child you know husband uh well I don't even think husband really counts so much now, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, school, job, family, yeah. the same family. So
0: yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when you eventually got the news four years later that you were expecting, like, how did you feel at that point in time? And then, you know, thereafter
1: shocked is <laughs> is the the, the the primary word that comes to mind um because i i think i got to a point where i started thinking that you know maybe i just have to accept that this is not my fate um mm-hmm. i'm going to be a perpetual godmother and auntie right so um you start thinking start prepping your mind that it's it's not going to happen mm-hmm. um, and then to be honest, it was a, a, a a bit of a rocky time in my relationship as well.
0: Okay.
1: And then the pandemic came and then we were stuck. Um, There's a lot of
0: factors.
1: Yeah. And I think even sometimes too, even just being the the lockdown, it was, Mm -hmm. I, I know there are people who didn't like it and, suffered and not trivializing their experience or anything like that but i loved being home Um, and i think it was a relaxing environment as well that perhaps without the pandemic probably wouldn't have but um i found out that i was pregnant just because i i i was really being cheap i (laughs) i (laughs) Realized that my period didn't come. And um, I nice. thought to myself, what's wrong with me now? So, nice. so let me just go to the doctor and see what what's wrong with me now. And um, I said, you know, he usually tests for um, pregnancy and you have to pay for the test when you get there. And the test is more expensive at his office than if you um, go yes. to the pharmacy. <laughs> so I said, you know, just to avoid the little $8 extra. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to just go do a test myself, take the negative um, result picture and show it to him. So that was the plan just to take the negative picture and save $8. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you took the test and,
0: It was positive. (laughs)
1: What's (laughs) happening here? And Uh, I I kid you not, I drove right back to the pharmacy and bought another another one, one. (laughs) just to be sure. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it was, it was so exciting. I was, I was happy, like it was finally, it was finally happening after four years and I was um, 37 at the Mm -hmm. time. So, you know, it, it really was a, a uh, joyous, exciting experience for both of us. That we, you know, we we really started planning immediately and doing right. things immediately. So we were we were really excited to to welcome this child and to to know that you're finally pregnant and it's finally happening. Was
0: yeah.
1: it was validating mm-hmm. and also very exciting as well.
0: Right. Okay. So, I mean, I don't even know how, how we, we get to this point, but talk me through as much as you can. And as much as you're comfortable, um, talking about it, how you go from unhealthy pregnancy to the loss of your son.
1: So, I had a relatively smooth pregnancy for the first twenty weeks. No issues, no morning sickness, no you know excessive fatigue or anything like that. Um, but then at the twenty week mark, I started experiencing pains in my pelvic region. Uh, my doctor explained that the fibroids were actually degenerating or, or breaking down because now the baby and the fibroids are fighting for. Blood supply, and mm-hmm. the, as he puts it, you know, the baby was winning, mm-hmm. so they were breaking down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, that came with a lot of pain.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: at twenty six week, Mac, mm-hmm. uh, pains. The pains continued off and on. Can you describe for me what those pains felt like? Um, I felt like I felt like I. I don't. You. I hope you. you guys use the term in, in in Trinidad, but you see when you say you have gas. Yes. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like you. You just sometimes you know like it just feels like gas is just trapped. Right. In the and it's extremely uncomfortable. Okay. Um, it started out. It started out that way. Um okay. Just feeling uncomfortable, and I was just drinking so much ginger tea, thinking, mm. "Oh, this gas! I need to get rid of this gas." Yes. Um, but it it intensified over the next six weeks, and about uh, uh, the the Friday there the Thursday there was a Thursday evening when you know the pain was just really intense. Um, I mm-hmm. stayed home because I I just felt like it was too uncomfortable to to go to work, and it, it wasn't right. getting any easier. And, um, then I realized that I started bleeding. Right. So I went to my doctor and again, I didn't know that, you know, bleeding equals hospital. Um, Mm -hmm. but in an event, when I got there, I didn't stay there very long. He, he told me to go to the hospital. Right. They explained to me that I was, um, having contractions. Okay. apparently the the pain from the degenerating fibroids actually triggered my body into thinking that I was in labor. Right. So they gave me medication to stop the contractions. Mm -hmm. But um, it just slowed them down a bit. So I was in the hospital on Friday, Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday. I was on bed rest. Um, saturday was okay minimal pain uh, but i still felt liquid escaping me right whenever i move so my instructions were to don't don't move, move at not, all just keep st- as still as possible um but the sunday evening i i remember clearly this sunday evening the the pain just came right back and it just started getting much more intense and um the it, the nurses eventually called the doctor and he they couldn't give me much pain medication because there's not much right no that situation uh but it was it was terrible um, mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible contractions from sun, Sunday evening into Monday morning. When eventually my water just broke, Okay. and um, then they had to uh, deliver. And um, he, he, I'm, I'm told he, he, my son breathed about a few times, but then he just he left us. So uh, it. It was a, a really really difficult path because you know you just sometimes things happen to you and you you can't figure out why is this happening mm-hmm. to me when I'm someone who is able to welcome this child wants to welcome this child has been praying and dreaming about this child why would something like this happen? to me. And I think that was my initial reaction as well as feeling extremely, um, you feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. And every woman who I've spoken to who has suffered miscarriage has explained to, has found something to blame herself.
0: Right. Right.
1: There's just, there's always this common thing. Um, And I was thinking, oh, I shouldn't have drank that soda last week. Um, I didn't do any exercise this week and, you know, different things. And and you really become very hard on yourself. Um, And that's the experience I'm hearing from other women. And that's really the experience I had as well. I apologize to my partner. It, it still seems weird because I'm thinking, you know, I, I feel like I have to tell him sorry for not um, bringing his son. And, and it really was a very hard time for, for me emotionally in, in, in that period.
0: And how did you cope? Do you feel
1: like you've coped? I, I, I do. And, and I think one of the things that I've learned, one of the major things that I've learned is that this this is an ongoing thing. This is not mm-hmm. a, a destination. Healing is not a destination. You just have to try and get as many good days as possible. Mm-hmm. And you really have to address your mind to um, making sure that the sadness doesn't consume you. And yeah. I think that's what, that's the biggest thing that I've learned from, from this experience. You really have a lot of control over how you feel and how you, you approach situations. And I just was really adamant that, you know, I don't want this sadness to consume me. It was mm-hmm. a point where I, I really got scared. I I really got scared because I was so uncomfortable with people nice. I want to be around anybody um going to the supermarket felt like you telling me to walk across a desert how uncomfortable it was I was afraid to go anywhere by myself I was I felt like everybody was staring at me mm-hmm. because you know in my circumstance I already had a big belly Other that people saw me people knew I was pregnant yes it's it's not like you could hide the fact that you, you're you not pregnant anymore. And mm-hmm. so between, you know, people coming up to you and asking you what well, you had because mm. they're not pregnant anymore, or somebody just coming up and asking you, I hear you lose a baby, what happened? Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing that just feeling like anticipating those kind of interactions with people I was extremely uncomfortable to be around anybody and um, I think that's that's when I started really getting scared because that's not my usual um, personality at all so Mm -hmm. I enlisted the help of a therapist that's where everything started Um, and, and that's where I think I I like to use the analogy of of the therapist unraveling the Christmas tree lights. You know, like how don't know who knows how these Christmas lights get so tangled. Tangled, yes. (laughs) And put them in nice, put them in the box nicely, but then they end up in this this huge mess. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you know, therapy was like me sitting down with my therapist trying to untangle these lights, settle your mind, separate. Um truth from anxiety, separate you know what is real from what is what it is you're fearing and yes. and going through that sort of experience, I think really settled me and um helped me to to cope and really reintegrate back into you know my life. Um, okay. And I should mention as well that because, I didn't make it to the 28 week mark, which is, um, the period, the gestational viability age here, Mm -hmm. um, because I didn't make it to that 28 week mark. I, I got three weeks home Mm. as opposed to the regular 13 weeks that you would get for delivering a baby. So I, I, I had to go back to work in three weeks time, I, I was still in physical pain. I was still anxious. I, I, people still come into your office asking for advice and nice. still have responsibilities. And it, it really was making me extremely uncomfortable. And um, so therapy is, is, was really the starting point for me for actually getting to a place where, okay, I need to I understand what has happened. What has happened, so I need to know. Try to figure out how to move forward. Yes, and mm-hmm. I guess
0: that's a good segue into the book because mm-hmm. is it through therapy that you decided that you were going to journal and put your thoughts? No, that's
1: that's me. That's, okay. that's me on a regular Tuesday. Um, oh. <laughs> it's just, um, my that's my preferred mode of expression. I, okay. Like writing, I've always written. You would mm-hmm. tend to see me writing you a long letter explaining why you hurt my feelings rather yes. than confronting you. Although I do have that side in me, but I find that I, I tend to come off a bit rough. <laughs> so, so I prefer to take my time and, and write, and so, write. That I, so that I'm not offensive. Right. So I, I started writing because. It just felt like it just just was natural for me. Uh, I Mm -hmm. actually started writing words about what I felt because everybody was asking me how you feel. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I don't know how to explain how I feel. I can't explain it. And I I just challenged myself, like, how do I really feel? So I started writing down single words and how I felt and things that I wanted to tell people things that I wish people would know, things that I got tired of explaining. And I just ended up developing this body of work. And I I feel as though I had a very strong, um, spiritual urging from, from God, like this, this experience has to turn into something that could help other people. And, um, also, it was a way for me to stop having to explain myself um, to, to, to people because it, it got it really got tiring and um, yes. after a while. Gotcha. And it just like it's almost like I had these very rehearsed answers because I already wrote things out. So um mm-hmm. so the book started from me just wanting to express myself so I could explain to people what I was feeling. Um, my partner as well, who is usually extremely quiet and don't like to talk, he was the one who was pushing me, talk to me, tell me what you're feeling. Like, who are you? Where did this person come from? Um, so he he really was pushing me to talk. Right. And um, I think that's just having that experience of that outlet, I, mm-hmm. I really started to realize it was helping me. Mm-hmm. So from there, I decided, you know, and and because of the anxiety I was feeling, I said, okay, I'm going to go to um, call a therapist and I'm going to share with her the things that I've written so that she Mm -hmm. could have some insight into what I was feeling as well, because I didn't want to just go and. Just just ball. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the for session anyway, but. Right. And I feel like
0: that's unavoidable.
1: Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it was one of those experiences where um, writing started the process and then as the more I started to get it out, I needed somebody to help me figure out, you yeah. know, where I could go from there. And then from there, I did different things as well to to help me to to cope
0: right wow okay and i mean this speaks to the importance of seeking help when you just don't know how to work things out yourself and i feel you know as women sometimes as professional women we feel like this burden from yeah. where i don't know but that we need to figure out our stuff on our own mm-hmm. you know
1: and we don't want to seem weak and correct we don't want anybody in our business, business.
0: That's yes one um <laughs> that's a huge one
1: yeah so i think i think and and to be honest for me i i sought a therapist who was not from saint and nevis for that reason right um, mm-hmm. Because, Which is well within your right
0: as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, because you you just think, you know, I grew up around some of these therapists. I went to school with some of these therapists. Like, look mm-hmm. at me telling you <laughs> about it just felt strange. Mm-hmm. But, you know, interestingly enough um, my partner and I did go to therapy together and mm-hmm. we went to someone who, who we both know and it was an extremely professional experience. So i I know for sure that it's possible for you to even go to somebody who you're familiar with and have an, a, a helpful professional experience as well. Right. OK.
0: And now without divulging too much more from the book, okay. I just would like for you to help us, you know, my listeners, myself how should we help? Like, what's the best advice you can give us for helping a loved one that has experienced loss? Like that's
1: something that's comforting, but yet still helpful, you know? So the first piece of advice that I normally give people, because that's the first question, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Say, yeah. Um, it feels like a difficult question or you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do because your motivation behind it oftentimes is that you're trying to make her feel better. Right. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's not possible. There is no magical combination of words that could take away the pain. You mm-hmm. cannot make her feel better. So right. let's start from there. Mm-hmm. So you can make her feel worse. Right. So the insensitive questions or trying to pry or, or pushing her to talk about the story mm-hmm. that might not be advisable unless she's the one who initiates the conversation. So right. you allow her to to share as much as she wants to share, mm-hmm. um, but don't don't push the conversation. Don't push your company, your 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 yourself into her life either. You really have to know the person who you are dealing with because for me, I did not want to see anybody,
0: buddy. Yeah, I
1: don't, don't come in the post, Don't message me. Don't don't call me. I just was seeing messages and not responding um, for the first couple of weeks or so. But I know that there are people who want to feel, you know, surrounded and yes the community around their community around them so you you have to know the person that you're dealing with that that's definitely not a um a one size fits all answer. so you really have to know the person that you're dealing with so once you know the person you know approach with caution mm-hmm. and the simplest simplest thing you could say is i am sorry you're going through this experience yeah. I am sorry that this happened to you. Mm-hmm. you no, know, God knows best. Mm-hmm. You know, everything happens for a reason. We all know these things, but when things, when it is fresh, yeah. it's not helpful. Right? Because nobody, you can't see the good in losing your child. Yeah. Right away, you no. you you eventually could get to that point, mm-hmm. but in the immediate aftermath of a friend or family member losing a child, please Mm -hmm. leave God out of it, leave Mm -hmm. God out of it, Um, unless you are yourself going to pray for that person. And you don't have to share with them that you're praying. Or you could just tell them that you're praying for them. Or you could ask them, you know, would you feel comfortable if I pray with you? It just you just really have to go at their pace. So um don't push yourself. Don't it's not about what you think is best. I, I yeah. wish I could highlight and bold <laughs> and, <laughs> bold and underline that, yes. Yes, yeah. it's 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 not about what you think is best. You really have to go at at her pace. Um yeah. and you have to go at, at the man's pace as well, because mm-hmm. men are suffering as well. And I don't think that's part of the conversation that we we have um, yes. and and you have to think about them as well but number one um, it's it's not about what you think is right it's it's what according to what they need and um, the then the next thing i would say is just just remember that you cannot remove the pain nothing no. nothing 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 can remove the pain so even people who I had interactions with who sold, who told me, I don't know, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't call you, but I did I heard about it. And I'm thinking you could have just sent a message that says, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I heard about what happened and if you need me, I'm yeah. here. And you know, don't yeah. say it if you don't mean it. Right. Um, <laughs> so you know, try and give practical help as well. You know, you might want to bring lunch. You may want, right? To, if the if the person has other children, you might say, you know, let me hold the children for an um, afternoon. or yes. something like that. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: quit trying to make her feel better. You, it's yeah. not possible. It's really really not um, possible, you could just really help her cope in the in the circumstances.
0: And you know what I really love about the work that you're doing with this book, and um, I think it's not just about your experience of loss, but it's mm-hmm. also about how you know healthcare providers such as myself or anybody else, whether it's an OBGYN, we can see this experience from another vantage point that mm-hmm. we wouldn't typically see right so you're offering this broader perspective that we need to now consider when treating with patients when treating with our clients because mm-hmm. you know some of these things can become very run of the mill like okay yes okay it's a, it's a miscarriage, okay, next, you know, but not consider that patient, not consider that person. So I think, yes, it's a great book for pregnancy sufferers, but it's also a great book for providers to be reminded of what, like, this is human life we're dealing with.
1: It, it is, and I think um, I was fortunate enough to have an, a doctor who... Shared with me a book called "As a Man Thinketh." Mm -hmm. I've never heard about that book before, but he 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 said to me, "Jian, if you if you want to conceive again, you're going Mm -hmm. to have to get your mind in a place where you can welcome that. You can't go in with you can't um, carry the anger. You can't carry the frustration. You really have to." focus on the emotional and this and the spiritual side of things mm-hmm. um, and he gave me that book to help me with that that came from my doctor
0: wow that's
1: cool so, him. so you see the 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 importance because one of the things I realized as well is that the doctors are the are the the, the glue to everything you know mm-hmm. um because that might be the only person a person who has suffered pregnancy loss interacts with. Correct. Um, so the concept of therapy might be, you might not know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not think it's useful to you.
0: Right. Um, you may not be able to afford it. As
1: exactly. Well. And that's actually one of the things that I I've been advocating for, for, for there to be, a responsibility on doctors to share these sorts of information, these sorts of resources with people. And mm-hmm. we're talking simply about a sheet of paper that says these are counselors in mm-hmm. your country. Yes. And when you have a, a, a client who uh, has gone through something traumatic like pregnancy loss, you just share that information with them right. try to encourage them to, um, deal with the spiritual and emotional aspects of it, because that can also manifest negatively physically. Yes. It's is something that I had to deal with because my blood pressure was all over the place mm-hmm. after that happened, and all sorts of tests, every test in the world you could think of. I went for it. And until my doctor just said, Jan, you're grieving. Yeah that's it you're you're grieving and that's really what has your blood pressure,
0: pressure all of them. yeah mm-hmm. so oh. just
1: being more holistic in in the type of care that we we deliver mm-hmm. you know um oh well as doctors or as as hospitals counselors and I've actually had doctors reach out to me and um said that they've they've um suggested the book to, to patients as well. I
0: think it would be a great, great suggestion.
1: Mm -hmm. So having, having that sort of, um, so it really was helpful that doctors have, have also found the book helpful. And I I do have an endorsement from a doctor on, on the back of the book as well. Oh, And that's something that I did before I published, I shared it with select group of people just to get their, their feedback. So mm-hmm. I even shared it with the minister, one of the ministers of health here, and right. she wrote a review on, on the back of the book because there are things for policymakers as well and, and parliamentarians and and so on. So it's a, a look at the whole, picture. What,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes, pregnancy loss looks like and, and how we can make adjustments to help people cope just a, a little bit better because you can't. You can't take no. up everything, but no. there are different things. Um, and even here, for for example, one of the things that uh, I dealt with, and I, I later found out that other women have been de- dealing with it, is that you, you had a miscarriage and you're still on the maternity ward of mm-hmm. the hospital. And I just kept hearing babies crying, crying for days. And even when I came home, I was still hearing it. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's just having a, a policy decision that says when someone has gone through this experience, shift them to another ward so that they're not, yeah. it's, 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 it just feels like knives stabbing you every time you're yeah. hearing these babies and you know, not one None. of those stories belong to yours. Yeah. So it things like, simple things like that, um, oh, yeah. are recommendations that I I, I make in the book.
0: Fantastic. Now, our listeners are going to want to know where they can get this book. I'm going to put the information in the show notes, but I still want you to tell us where we can find your book. Right.
1: So, the book is called Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage Healing Insights on Pregnancy Loss for Sufferers and the People Around Us. It's a long title, but it was important. Yes. Um, but it's available on Amazon, all of the Amazon markets. So, Canada, mm-hmm. US, Dutch, Spanish, wherever. Um, nice. It's available on all of the the Amazon markets. Mm-hmm. Um, I have copies as well with me. So there are people who have requested signed copies. I actually have one to send to Trinidad tomorrow. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it, people have been requesting that. So you could also reach out to me if you want a signed copy and I will mail it to you. You pay online. I have a a payment portal, um, -hmm. so you pay online and the book comes to you signed. So it just depends on what you want, but, um, I would really, I really want us to think about this conversation about pregnancy loss. And if the book is nothing more than a conversation piece for you, Mm -hmm. uh, I I'm, I'm, totally happy with that because we really need to take the veil of silence off of this topic. Mm -hmm. Um, I know, I know it's, it's surrounded with a lot of shame and embarrassment and, um, you feel like people are judging you, but the number one thing that I want to communicate to women who have suffered pregnancy loss is that you're not alone. And it is far more common than perhaps we recognize. Yes. Even though you might be suffering, feeling lonely and depressed and nobody understands. I, I assure you that that's not the case. It's really not the case. You just really have to hopefully reach out to persons who have been in a similar circumstance and and I, I could promise you the stories are so much
0: alike. yes yes
1: so much I like it is it that has been the most eye-opening takeaway from my experience mm-hmm. with book, just people, people's stories and even like what I just shared about going home and still hearing the baby and Mm -hmm. me being afraid to tell anybody that I was hearing Mm -hmm. it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So because they think, oh gosh, if I go tell anybody that, they're going to think I'm crazy and they're going to want to send me back to the hospital and I don't want to go back up there. So um, having had that experience and then you hear somebody else say it is like, okay, Okay. I'm not... Crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, it's it, you're you're not alone, and I really just want to also encourage women to recognize that you can you can learn to cope with it. Yeah, it it, it doesn't have to stall stall your life or debilitate you or anything like that. There will be good mm-hmm. days and there will be bad days, but I I think the the trick is learning how to pull yourself out of that sadness. Right. I I really think that that's the, that's the key to healing, not time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the biggest fallacies we tell ourselves that time will heal everything. Time mm-hmm. runs. That's all time does. Mm-hmm. Time just runs. But, Our ability to heal and cope with with grief and trauma really depends on our ability to pull ourselves out of of those inevitable periods where you feel sad and frustrated and angry. But you just can't let it stop you from still living the promise that you still have because you're still alive.
0: Yes. And thank you that was just beautifully said. Thank you very much. Um, and you know, just to close off, I like to ask my guests to choose a song that's representative of their journey. And I'm just wondering if you had a song in mind.
1: Well, there is, there is definitely, um, a song that I, I just found out, Again, I, I even mentioned it in, in the book, it's by uh, Tasha Page Lockhart, mm-hmm. and it's called Why Not Me? Mm. Um, just uh, just the chorus is like, why not me? I'm the perfect person to go through this storm. It won't kill me. It won't break me. I'll move on and I'll come out even better than before and I'll never see this place anymore. Because my faith is growing stronger every day and I'm removing everything that's in my way. And the fact that I survived another day makes me say, why not me? Oh. And I, that song just, just really, mm-hmm. really, really touched my heart. Because, like I said, the very first thought that I had coming out of the experience was, why was why this me? happening to me? Yeah, mm-hmm. And then to get to a point where you could say, well, why not me? Mm -hmm. Um, there must be a reason why God, or or if you choose the universe, whichever one people are comfortable with, um, it must be a reason why these things are happening. And it's something to teach you. It's something that you grow from because you, you can grow from these sorts of experiences and, um, I just think that perhaps it happened to me because God knew that I would be able to transform my own pain into something tangible like a book that could help other people and mm-hmm. satisfy a need because I I didn't see the Caribbean books I, I looked and I didn't see them um, and so that really was one of my big motivations as well. I cannot be the only one who's searching for Caribbean based indigenous yes. material. I cannot be the only one. No. Um, so if, if there's anyone who is looking for that sort of material pregnancy loss granted i'm not an expert this is just my story and my actions yeah. you know um and try sharing with people things that worked for me mm-hmm. and everybody will be different but in in the very least it's something it's a stat if yes of course you have nothing if you have mm-hmm. nothing else it's it's a stat and um, I recommend I, I recommend books that I read. I Again, music is a very big part of me. The songs that helped me, the movies that helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's down to sample text messages to send. Oh, <laughs> really? What to say. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really just try to give that sort of practical advice on how to cope with pregnancy loss whether it's your own loss or someone who is around you
0: and I think it's the perfect if you don't know what to say and you know you want to get something for someone whether it's a gift I think it's a perfect gift to give someone who's experienced pregnancy loss because you don't have to say anything Mm -hmm. Uh, you know you, you literally have you let your manual set out for them, and like I said, you know this is your story. Everybody's story is going to be different or experience, mm-hmm. but at least they can, they have something to work with, yeah. you know it. Um, especially in a time of grief when you never know how you're going to react. You you really don't. You can't predict it. You can't. Especially
1: when, like in my situation, when there was no indication that anything would go wrong. Right. So exactly. Having- having that shock factor as mm-hmm. well.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: And then the world doesn't stop because you're in pain. No. So you still have to continue living while you're carrying this immense weight. Um, yeah. With-
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jian. Thank you. I'm, I've am i really been inspired by your story. And I am so glad that you have joined us on Caribbean Booth Stories because even though it's birth stories, um, I've tried really hard to try and cover all the aspects surrounding pregnancy, birth, parenting and loss and infertility, you know. So this is part of it and it would be remiss of me to not capture as many of the stories that I can that relate to as many of our Caribbean women. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing. I wish you an abundance of success with Thank your book you. and in your future endeavors, and um, maybe we get to talk again soon.
1: Sure, and thanks so much for for your work as well. I was really surprised to see that there's actually a podcast talking about these things. That in itself was a shock to me. So can you continue your work and and Thank really you. try to generate those sorts of conversations that we are sorely in need of, um, as Caribbean women as well.
0: Well, thank you so much. So until we meet again, bye. And thank you for being the first Sinkitition. Are you from Sinkitition? Yes, I'm from
1: Sinkitition. Yes.
0: (laughs) I've never been, and I really hope to visit soon. Um, well whatever you do just give me a call <laughs> all right yeah. i will definitely hold you to that <laughs> yeah. all right see you thanks so much okay, okay. bye Caribbean Birth Stories has been brought to you by the Amai Birth Collection. Head over to TheAmaiShop.com, that's the shopcom for special offers and to learn more about the Amai family. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'd be grateful if you could leave a review
1: about what you're loving on this podcast, and be sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes.